So while I'm in the middle of sort of compiling my list of favorites, I thought I'd take the time to tell you one of my favorite films of all time, Bad Lieutenant. But I'm going to give a sort of viewer discretion, and this viewer discretion dictates that I put favorite in quotation marks. Because when I say favorites, you know, like I said, like Unbreakable is one of my favorite films of all time, right? But I can sort of pinpoint that. I can say, oh yeah, I love the cinematography and I love Samuel Jackson's character and the costumes and editing and a lot of technical aspects, you know. And I can sort of pinpoint, you know, uh, where it says three-act structure, right? I can pinpoint an arc for David Dunn. Uh, you know, I can, I can tackle that film conventionally. With Bad Lieutenant, I can't really do that because it doesn't follow a conventional plot. Sure, like, the very, very basic plot of this film is there's a police detective who's the titular bad lieutenant, and he's assigned to a rape case. In this case, um, two people raped a nun, and that's the case for this movie, and he kind of tries to solve that. He's supposed to solve that. That's his job. That's his story. But that doesn't really happen, honestly. That's that's really not what it's about. Um it's it's I guess I'd say it's more of a character study than anything. You know, it's not like a traditional bad lieutenant goes from here to here to here. It's it's just bad lieutenant is this. He is who he is and that stays for the entire movie. Really. So, uh but yeah, I guess it's yeah, I, but still uh there is something to love about this film. Uh, namely the performances by Harvey Keitel, which I'll get more into as I delve deeper into this review. So, if you really want to know what the film is about, it's about a man who comes to terms with himself. Done. Plain and simple. But but it isn't really that plain and simple, you know? It's, it's ah, I know, I'm, I'm really kind of beating a dead horse here, trying to say that it's not that plain and simple, but it isn't. It's... See, whenever whenever I call any film like Plain and Simple, you know, I would expect that there would be a certain plot, right? It goes somewhere. There's a certain protagonist and an antagonist and deuteragonists who help the story and the characters along the way. You know, like a, like for example, Star Wars, you know. It's kind of about, uh, it's like Luke Skywalker and he gets recruited by the Resistance to fight the dark side. And then there's Han Solo and Chewbacca and main antagonist is Darth Vader. You know, it's it's very easy to pinpoint who the characters are, who they're against, and where the story goes. But here, you know, uh, let me let me give you an example, right? Aside from Bad Lieutenant, they're they're almost characters. It's, that's what I can call them. It's it's so there's this one cop who uh, Bad Lieutenant kind of it's it's kind of his partner, a friend. Something like that, who he investigates one other case, not the nun case, with, um, and he's kind of there. Uh, there's also this, uh, his kids, you know, he has, uh, he, it's implied in the film that he's divorced, so, you know, but we only see, like, his newer wife. Uh, there's this one person that he, like, cons drugs out of. And then there's some other like bookie character along loads of loads of almost characters. 
and it's not like they're almost characters and they're like underdeveloped in a bad way but it's they're underdeveloped in an interesting way because it almost feels intentional like abel ferrara you know writer director i'm saying writer kind of in quotes because uh from what i hear on the wikipedia page uh bad lieutenant was pretty improvised a lot of it was improvised there was only like 60 pages worth of like script shooting and i think a lot of that probably didn't get in uh you know production didn't even have permits to like shoot places so they basically just kind of <laughs> shot and just hoped that nobody would notice so i mean yeah this is this is this is, this is why it's such an interesting film to talk about it just defies all laws of conventional filmmaking and it's also part of why i love it and both i'm terrified of it as well because it it gets it gets pretty dark too however uh to stay back on track uh i think that the reason why the characters aren't like intentionally developed is it's because it's trying to more so focus on bad lieutenant i think it's really uh you know the film is about him after all why is it titled that way then you know um i think it's i think it kind of provides his point of view like he's so detached from this world that you know there's just there's not even names and like character traits and like nice conversations there's just faces there's just auras of people and you know that's the best way i can describe how the characters are they're kind of just auras of people to speak of iconic performances, Harvey Keitel gives, in my opinion, the greatest performance ever. I know that's a pretty, uh, you know, it's it's not a category that many like to touch. It's it's very hard to say whether something is the greatest performance because you know, a lot of times it comes down to subjectivity. You know, I'm I'm gonna be very frank. I'll be very honest. I don't think I've watched many movies. I don't think I've watched enough movies for sure. But of the movies I've watched, he definitely takes the kick. And I'd go so far to, as to say he deserved the Oscar uh, for that year, which uh, Bad Lieutenant was released in 92. Uh, same year as Malcolm X and Scent of a Woman. Uh, films which, uh, for those of you who may not know, it, it was kind of a big controversy when Al Pacino won the Oscar over... Denzel Washington, you know, it was kind of seen as a sympathy Oscar because Pacino, you know, he was, he didn't win the Oscar for Godfather, nor for The Godfather Part Two or Dog Day Afternoon or Scarface. We didn't even get nominated for Scarface. That is an excellent performance. I, I, I'll, I'll do that review later. <laughs> you know, uh, he he did a lot of amazing films, but this is the Oscar he got. This is the Oscar he won for. People were kind of outraged at that, especially Spike Lee, who I think was quoted as saying, I'm not the only one who thinks Denzel got robbed of that one. And yes, of the nominees, I think Denzel Washington was definitely, I could see him winning the role over Al Pacino. Of course, I've never seen Scent of a Woman, but from what I hear, you know, I've been, of course, I've watched Malcolm X too. That's a great film. And I'll discuss that in another review, but uh, whatever you think, whoever you think won, after you watch this film, I 90% guarantee that you are going to think that Harvey Keitel is the best of the three. And I'll tell you why. He, he, he really puts himself out there. He's dedicated to this film. 
you know, of course, this film, uh, you know, a little bit of a context for this film. It it had a $1 million budget, you know, not very generally cheap as far as movies go. But, you know, Harvey Keitel, he was he, he's not really in it for the money. He wasn't in it for the money in this case. You know, he would still do it because he liked the story. He saw something in it. Uh, you know, of course, that strikes me as, as, as you know, pretty uh, appreciative of art. I, I, I respect that very much because, you know, a lot of lot of times you can see that there are many actors uh, doing many, like, generic Hollywood studio films. You know, you can tell it's for the money. But, like, when I see Harvey Keitel going out and doing something like this, it, it, it generally warms my heart. And it, I have massive respect for him, you know. Uh, but... Even aside from that, he he goes through everything in this film. You know, he does a lot of things. He some very very disturbing film uh, scenes, in which he is buck naked, essentially, and like he he's 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 kind of going mad. You know, character bad lieutenant a bit loose in the head, but he he takes it to an extreme degree. You know. Uh, of course, I've uh, there's like definitely a bunch of articles about like actors who won't get naked for any movie like uh, and but <laughs> to see that Harvey Keitel, you know, like uh, this is his character. You know, there's the one scene where he's uh, he's buck naked and I think he's like drinking and he's kind of having a mental breakdown. It's 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 disturbing, you know. And I, I, I don't think that that level of disturbance would have been achieved had conventional filmmaking techniques have been used, you know, conventional, like, thought process, you know. It's 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 because of Harvey Keitel that he's, he really, uh, you know, sort of, it's, it's Harvey Keitel really brings everything to this film. Without him, where would this movie even be, you know? Where would, where would Bad Lieutenant be? What would it be? Nothing. Because the film is about Bad Lieutenant. So naturally, when you have this much of an over-reliance on Harvey Keitel, I mean, either he's going to do really good or he's going to do really bad, you know. Uh, of course, if I'm going to try and analyze it conventionally, it's going to be very difficult, but uh, he, he gives a wide range of emotions. He gets very irate in this film, you know, he... He yells. He yells at his kids. Uh, he yells over the phone. Of course, he gets his mental breakdowns. You know, he he's also pretty. He is, of course, the character is a sociopath in this film. So there's also scenes where Harvey Keitel. You know, he just has a piercing stare. And you know, when he's bouncing all of that, he's he's bouncing all of that, but still somehow he keeps it real. He keeps it grounded. Like you could you could see this person. In, in real life when you're walking down the street, you know, the, the, you know, when you're walking down the street, you don't, you know, there's, you probably encounter hundreds of thousands of people, man, you know, you don't know everything about them, but if he walked down the street right now, if you visited New York and he was there, you could, you could believe it. It's just, it's that grounded and that fleshed out, I should say. I think that an important part of Bad Lieutenant would probably have to be the rating. Uh, usually in movies, uh, they, they, people don't talk too much about the rating, you know. But I felt like in this movie, considering it was an NC-17, which uh, none of you all know what an NC-17 is, uh, is essentially like a kiss of death, you know. Like there are movie theaters, tons of movie theaters, who will not show an NC-17 movie. 
So, uh, yeah, but NC-17 rating, I felt that that was pretty important to this film because it sort of showcased a lot of the um, extreme elements of this movie. You know, there's there's some extremes to this movie. There's some really disturbing stuff. And I felt that in order to portray that in the way that uh, Ferrara wanted to, um, it had to be NC-17. I just felt that. Although there is an R-rated version of the of the movie, you can't really find that NC-17 version unless you purchase a DVD. But uh, yeah, if you want to watch on Prime Video, last I saw, uh, that's where I watched uh, Bad Lieutenant. They have an R-rated version, and they do cut a little bit of uh, of the material out, but it's it's not too much. It's not not so much that it like loses the story. Um. I guess my biggest, uh, the most disturbing scene, I'd have to say, is the scene where Bad Lieutenant confronts two girls. And I'll try not to spoil it for you because I I think that this is probably the best and most disturbing scene in the movie. Because I think, you know, like Harvey Keitel's consistent sort of interrogation. And I think the um, girls' sort of reaction, you know, it's 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 definitely something to look out for. When you do watch this movie. So to talk about themes. Uh, you know as experimental and as loose as the sort of plot structure is. There are still some very noticeable themes. Undertones about this movie. Namely this movie has a lot of Catholic undertones. This movie deals a lot with the church. Church plays a very important part in it. And specifically I believe it is the Catholic church which is uh, depicted in the film. Of course, I don't know too much about Christianity, but uh, I, I do notice that there are a lot of Catholic undertones. And another big theme of this movie is probably morality. Uh, you know, the fact that could anybody be saved? Could, is, is you know, could, could you be forgiven? I think that this is best uh, exemplified by the scene. Um, there's one great scene where Harvey Keitel, he meets this nun. And of course, you know, she's going about her, like, business, and uh, he he asks her, um, uh, why why did you forgive these people? Because she said before, like, she said, I forgive those to rape me. He's like, why? And then she says, uh, well, you know, because everybody deserves to be forgiven. And I guess that sort of sets off a chain movement in him. And he's and he's kind of thinking, could, could this happen to me, too? As horrible of a person as I am could could I be good could I be changed and I guess that question sort of brings me into the next topic which is uh, homage this movie reminds me a lot of New Hollywood this this movie could have easily come out in 1976 or 1975 um and I think that really the main reason I feel like it's connected to New Hollywood is a lot of it is due to the ending. So I guess I'll spoil. Uh, you know, uh, in the end, Harvey Keitel gets really aggressive with these sort of bookies, you know, these uh, crime lords. I, I, don't, I don't know what rank they're in, but uh, criminals, essentially. He gets into some hot water with criminals, and he has a lot of gambling debts, you know, and uh, they just shoot him. At the end, they just shoot him and he dies and everybody watches and that's the end of the movie. I think you know, that, that part really reminded me of New Hollywood because a big characteristic of New Hollywood would have to be the nihilistic sort of ending. Very pessimistic 
overview. Um, uh, biggest examples, I'll give you a few examples. Uh, Easy Rider. Of course, spoilers for Easy Rider if you want to watch that. Um, at the end of the movie, Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda are shot down by hillbillies. Essentially, well, they're in Louisiana, I think. Uh, they're shot down. And, like, their motorcycles are crushed. Um, Chinatown. Chinatown, that is a very, very famous one. But, uh, you know what? Um, I'm... I Honestly, I don't want to spoil that movie. Because that's, that's also one of my favorite movies. I, I want to get more into depth than the ending. Because I'll just tell you this. The ending is... It's... it's it is really one of my favorite, my probably my favorite ending of uh, all of cinematic history, you know? It just gets straight to the point. I'll tell you that much. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Um, I think it's Lance Reddick who makes a, in his sort of early filmography, Lance Reddick uh, shoots, he shoots John Cazale in the head. And then uh, Al Pacino, who's, I think he plays Sonny Wartschick. In the film uh correct me if i'm pronouncing that wrong but he plays sunny and then he's just like and then lance henderson's just like yeah you're under arrest let's go and he gets 20 years in uh federal prison is what they said at the end of the movie uh spoiler again uh he got out in five actually he got out in five years interesting uh very very interesting story very good movie um but you know these are all examples of these kinds of movies you know, it's that's just how movies were at the time. You know, that's just how they ended a lot of the times. And I think that that aspect was what reminded me of the most. But, of course, I think the gritty nature, you know, the NC-17 rating, which would have been an X back then. And it wouldn't have been cut out by literally all theaters. It wouldn't have been a kiss of death because theaters were fine with showing X-rated movies. They were actually, they could have. There was a market, you know, for these hundred movies. Um, yeah, uh, I guess last last thing to note is this movie really reminds me kind of a lot of Taxi Driver. It's kind of a messed up version of Taxi Driver. Uh, and I say this really because um, it's Taxi Driver is also kind of a character study about somebody who's going mad, you know. Um, I think, uh, yeah, film grain especially. this In this one, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I think they use bleach bypass or something. It looks really dark, really depressing. Kind of like in uh, Taxi Driver. You know, it is a, that's that's a movie that's also set in New York. And they both also feature Harvey Keitel. So that that is an interesting connection to me. So apparently there's another film called Bad Lieutenant. It's like Bad Lieutenant, Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Starring Nick Cage. Um, that's pretty much all I know about the film. Uh, I don't plan on watching it. Uh, even though it is Nick Cage. And from what I hear, it's a very sort of entertaining performance. It's it's one of those performances where he goes completely over the top. And it's a bunch of fun to watch. But uh, fortunately, no, I, I don't plan on watching the film. Although, in closing, I do want to say that Bad Lieutenant is an excellent film. Really, really powerful. I will say as well, but uh, also it's it's not for everyone, um, especially if you get uneasy very quickly. Uh, I guess the film is not for you. Um, and with that, normally I guess I'd give a rating of some sort, uh, but uh, in this case, I, I can't really rate this film. Um, 
on IMDb. I have an IMDb account. I've read like 20 films so far. Uh, this is the only film I have not given a number rating. I've only given words, description. And that's because I just, like I said in my first part of the review, this is an unconventional film. Uh, so, of course, if it's an unconventional film, I'm not going to give it a conventional rating. I'm just going to say go watch it for your first and last time. Because uh, even though I could I could sort of stomach it the first time, I don't know if I can do that again and again. Because I don't think this film is made to be watched again and again. It's just, it sticks with you all the way the first time. So, uh, yeah. Buy a DVD of Bad Lieutenant. I don't think... Yeah, see, because uh, streaming, you know, it's it doesn't provide the full... Uh, it doesn't provide the NC-17 version, which I guess is... Of course, it's the original version. The uncut, you know, has everything in it. So I suggest that uh, you watch the NC-17 version, even though there's not too much cut out, um, which is only available on DVD. Yeah, so uh, support Abel Ferrara, support Harvey Keitel's performance, support this film, support more films like this.